online today. We're, we're gathering online and, and I just want to take a second. We're a couple minutes away from, from starting today and wherever you're watching this, just know that we love you and that we're praying for you and that God is with us and that we're super, super, super excited. We're making plans to be back in person soon and the doors are going to be open and believe me, it's going to be a party. And so just as we uh, wind down and we get ready to start the service today, just know that God is with us. And as we enter into this time of worship here in a, in a second, uh, let's focus on who God is. Let's give him the praise and let's shout it out. If we're watching in our kitchen, if we're watching in the living room, if you're in the office, wherever you're, if you're at work, wherever you're tuning in today, uh, let's just give God the praise as we worship him. Welcome, everybody. We are so glad that you are here with us online today. We invite you into worship with us. Raise your voices as we worship our great God.
God, you are great, and we worship you here in whatever part of Pennsylvania or other states or wherever we're watching from, God. um, You have something really cool in store for us. What we're really, really thankful for is your power and your might. And I'm just reminded of uh, this passage in Jeremiah. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me. And I will listen to you. You'll seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I'll be found by you, declares the Lord. And will bring you back from captivity.
Hey, Crossroads family. It's so good to be with you online today. I've got some super exciting news that I can't wait to tell you here in just a second. But I want to share with you that this past Monday on May 11th, we had Blessings of Hope Food Distribution. And I just want to tell you that God did some incredible things. We had over 300 boxes that we were able to bless uh, families with. And I want to tell you that even at the end of the day, we had some boxes left over and we were able to take them to families and were able to bless them and just share the love of Jesus. So thank you so much for praying. Thank you for, for giving and thank you for serving. And, and we're going to share more, more to come uh, because God opened up so many doors on this, on this Blessings of Hope day. And I just want to share with you that we're going to do more of this. We're going to bless our families. We're going to bless our community. And we're going to do this all in the name of Jesus because the church is on fire for Christ. And I just want to tell you that God opened up so many great doors and we're going to continue to just press into that. And if you're new with us and you're joining us online, I just want to say thanks for being here. Thanks for joining us uh, on the stream. And would you do us a favor and go on our front page of our website and fill out a connect card and just let us know where you're watching from and just let us know how you found us and how we can pray for you. And for our church family, would you fill out a connect card as well? And then as you're filling out and go to the bottom, would you fill out a prayer request? Because we know that even as we're in a yellow phase with our state right now, we know that there's still all kinds of different things happening. But would you just give us a quick little update? Uh, just write in there a prayer request and how we can pray for you. That would be so awesome. And so every Friday we've been uh, sending out these Crossroads care packages. And I just want to keep telling you that uh, we're still asking our, our church family and those who are watching to bring in non-perishable items. You can bring them in and put them in the lobby or on the porch. And then they go out every Friday. And we are partnering with Blessings in a Backpack. And so many families are being so blessed. Um, we've been receiving cards and all kinds of just messages just saying thank you so much for the food. So thank you guys so much. Every, every Wednesday night. At 7 p.m. online across all of our platforms, so Facebook, online church platform, and YouTube, we're just having a time of prayer. So join us every Wednesday at 7 p.m., and just we're going to bring a request before the Lord and gather together as we pray. So thank you so much for, for joining us every Wednesday. Guys, guess what? This Sunday, which is going to this May 17th, this Sunday, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be having a drive-in service at the 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. We're going to be having um, just worship, and we're going, to, we're going to preach the Word of God. We're going to be right here in our parking lot. And so it's starting on May 17th at the 9.30 and the 11 a.m. service. We're going to be having uh, just a time of worship, and we're going to be lifting up the name of Jesus. So come on up at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. Bring your car, and just we're going to have a FM transmitter so you can hear what's happening. But, guys, this is going to be so awesome. We can't wait to see you all 9.30 a.m and 11 a.m. Guys, thanks you so much for giving, and I just want to tell you, you can give online, or you can give through the mail, or you can bring it into the box, uh, offering box in the lobby at church. Guys, thanks for giving, and I just want to tell you again that we give to a mission that is alive and active. It's the mission of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for giving and for being so faithful. As we get ready to go into the sermon here in just a second, again, I just want to say we are so excited to be opening up our doors. We're making plans, and we can't wait to see you. And so just know it's happening soon, and we're going to get this ball rolling. And just know that at the end of this, no matter what happens every single day, we know we can trust in the Lord. So we can't wait to see you guys so soon.
Well, hello, Crossroads. Welcome to our online gathering. I just want to say thank you for joining us today. You've, you've been so faithful. I know that this has been quite a journey. And now Pennsylvania is moving into the yellow phase. And, and uh, Friday we saw things begin to slowly open up. And, and we're going to watch things open up more and more in our area. And I want to thank you folks for uh, being with us every step of the journey I've been receiving so many notes, so many words of encouragement from you all, and I want to thank you for all your kind words. Thank you for all of your encouragement because it, it has encouraged me. And, uh, and I pray that we are encouraging you at this time as we're going through this, this uh, craziest of times. And so as we think about the yellow phase, what does that mean for the church? Uh, let me explain to you what is going to happen here. We are right now working on a plan to be able to reopen church, to be able to come in here so that I'm not in the room by myself anymore. We are looking at a plan to slowly reopen up and to uh, we're, we're going to be doing cleaning in a much deeper and thorough way. We've always had good facilities, always taken well care and cleaned our facility well, but now we're going to look at other ways of sanitizing and, and extra things that we're doing, and, and we have been doing all the way through the pandemic. There's just been no people in the building. So as we begin to pre- uh, prepare for this, we, uh, we are going to be uh, laying out and, and unfolding a plan for you of reopening, and I want you to know that we can't wait to get you back in here, and uh, what we are actually doing is this weekend even... We are having at the 9.30 and 11 a, a, a time in our parking lot. It's, we're calling a drive-in church. So I'd love to invite you to come up. You can sit in your car, tune in on the FM dial, and you, you'll be able to hear church right in your car. And uh, I'll actually be out there in the parking lot as well. And uh, we will just have a time where you can see the other people from your church and we can begin to encourage each other. And uh, we're, that's what the scripture says to do. Encourage each other all the more as you see the day approaching. And folks, I think we see the day approaching, right? We see that times are getting harder and we need each other. So as your shepherd, as your pastor, I realize this and I have said, wow, the very first that we're, thing that we're going to do right now is for the next few weeks... We are going to be having drive-in church outside. We will remain faithful to our online church as well. So there will be online church like you're sitting and uh, enjoying right now. But there will also be drive-in church. And we want to encourage you, if, if, you're, if that would be encouraging to you, to come up and be a part of drive-in church right here on the church parking lot at 9.30 and 11 on Sunday mornings. And then after a few weeks of that, we are going to be looking to get back into our building and I have been on multiple Zoom calls with the, the, uh, the, the, the State Department of Health, Pennsylvania Department of Health, and, and there's about 800 pastors that are on those calls. And we are all learning and trying to grow together. And I'll tell you this, folks, I know one thing, is that we are going to move forward. I've never been through a pandemic before, and most of you have never lived through a pandemic before. And I will tell you this much, we are going to learn as we go. And so every church is going to approach this a little bit differently. Uh, there are, there's, there's different opportunities that we have as the church to move forward. And you are going to hear more about this in the coming weeks. So I just want you to know, we can't wait to open up and have you back in church. But we are also going to keep our online going the entire time. 
So uh, this is the, a part of our, our new wave of the future, is that we will always be online like we are now, and, uh, and then we will always open up. So, but uh, it's just going to take a few weeks to get there. We want to follow. And, you know, the Scripture says to, to render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's and unto God which, that which is God's. So what I've tried to do is to, to be a law-abiding citizen and to do what God's called us to do. But I also know that God says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. So that's why we're starting out on the parking lot. We're in the yellow phase. We're starting on the parking lot. And I want to encourage you, uh, if, you're, if, if you're able to and that you feel comfortable, uh, feel free to join us. You can sit outside in the lawn chair if the weather's nice, uh, but we will be out there. And that's phase one of our reopening. You're going to hear more about how we're going to actually be coming into the building in the coming weeks here. Uh, Galatians chapter 3 this morning. We're talking about a powerful thing here. In Galatians chapter 3, you know, we've been studying the book of Galatians. We've been talking about how to be set free. And today I want you to be thinking about this, how to be set free to be a son of God, how to be set free to be a daughter of God. And you said, well, what are you talking about here? Well, the whole book of Galatians was about the, the, these Judaizers came to these new believers and they were teaching them that, listen, if you want to get closer to God, if you want God to love you, if you want God's favor, you have, you've got to go back and obey the law. And you have to do all these festivals. And, and you have to do this. And, and they had all these legalistic rules that they were adding to this. And they were adding to, to Jesus. And, and the message of, of Jesus is Jesus died on the cross. He rose again from the dead. And it is... Faith in Jesus Christ plus nothing. And so what was happening in, in the book of Galatians where these false teachers were coming in, these Judaizers were coming in and saying that you have got to add something. You've got to go back and obey, 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 and you've got to do all this in order for God to love you. And the Apostle Paul is combating that. It's a, it's a letter of correction, really. And he's saying, listen, I want you to understand who Jesus is. And he says here in Galatians 3.26, For in Christ Jesus... You all are sons of God through faith. Did you catch that, folks? He says you are sons of God. And how are you the son of God? It is through faith. You do not get to become the child of God by any other means outside of faith in Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to catch something very important here. Many translations will will actually translate that as you are all the children of God. Number one, there's a couple things to understand in context. Not everybody in the world is a child of God. We are made in the image and in the likeness of God. And he offers everybody the opportunity to become the child of God through faith. Faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. We talked last week. It is finished. It is finished. It is finished. For God, for in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. Oh, my. This is powerful. Some will translate that word to be the children of God. But I want to give you just a little inside thought here. When he says the sons of God, this was a legal term. If, if a man had wealth and he, and, and he wanted to leave it to the next generation, he had to pick a son. You, you couldn't, in those days, in the ancient cultures, you couldn't just go and leave your wealth to a female. It had to go to the son and so it was a legal transaction. And so God here is saying, listen, in order for, 
Now, we're all the sons of God, he says, for you are all. So that means men and women, we are the sons of God. Just like when Paul said that we are the bride of Christ, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm the bride of Christ, right? Men and women. He's talking and he's giving terms so that we can understand the relationship. So for in Christ Jesus, you are all the sons of God. This means that not, not just, it's not talking about just a male or a female here. He's saying you are the sons of God. In other words, you have relationship with God, and it's a relationship where he can give things to you. There's an inheritance coming your way from God. Ooh, now that's pretty powerful. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son. Now, this is so powerful. The one and only son of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? But when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law. In other words, this was a, this was a real human being. He, he had flesh and blood. He had body and bones. And so he lived on this earth. So when God saw that the time was just right, God sent his one and only son uh, to live. And he was born uh, of a woman, born under the law, like all we as humans are. And so he did that so that he could experience what you have to experience. He did that so that he could be the one that could fulfill that law. He was the only one who would be perfect under that law. So he came and he understood this. He continues on, verse 5. Why did he come? He came to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. He came to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Now, what is he talking about here? How can you become uh, an adopted son? And so here's what would happen in that day. If a master, uh, if, if, if a, a landowner, he wanted to leave his inheritance, but there were no males in his bloodline, uh, he, or no males that were alive that he could leave this to, he could come along and he could take a slave and under the, the laws in those ancient cultures, he could adopt a slave as a son. And he could move out of this relationship, and, and, of, of the slave relationship, into the adoption relationship. He is now the son, and he could pass on the wealth. He could pass on his, his land and, and the things that are of his, right? He said, Jesus came. Why did he come at just the right time? Born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law. He came to redeem all of us as humans that we might receive adoption to sonship. Now, check this out. Because God wants to take you from no longer being a slave and make you his son so that he might give you the inheritance of God. Oh, this is powerful. As we continue the next verse here, verse 6. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out Abba, Father. Because you are his son, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. Now, now think about this with me. For a second, because you are his son. So he didn't just say, all right, here's a legal document. You're my son. 
He said, listen, I'm going to send my son, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God. See that? Capital S, the Holy Spirit of God. I am going to send the Spirit of God. The Spirit of the Son is coming into your heart. This is not just some big idea, folks. This is not just a catechism. You see, God didn't intend for us to have religion. He intended for you to have relationship. And so he comes in and he says, listen, the Spirit who calls us out Abba, Father. And when you hear that word, He calls us out. It's a cry out to God. He calls out, because you are the sons of God, the Spirit of God has come into you. So there's something that happens inside of you. And, and, and when this happens inside of you, you have now relationship with God. Folks, we live in a world today where many people have no relationship with God. So they don't even know what to call Him. As a, as a child of God, you see what he says here? The Spirit who calls out Abba, Father. There's two things I want you to note here. He says the Spirit who calls out. The word there for calls out is like this, this groaning, this, this crying out to the Lord. Like, like I can call upon Daddy, and that's the word Abba. It, it was an Aramaic word, uh, and it, it means Daddy. It was, Jesus said that we could call God Abba father we, we get to call him not just in a proper term but in the term of endearment abba now think with me about this today the people who know me pretty well they they call me one thing and people who don't know me call me something else right every now and then i'll go and i'll go into a place to officiate maybe I have to pray at a public gathering and they'll say something like this and the Reverend Kenneth Barner will now come up and will pray over the dinner. And I'm like, who is Reverend Barner, right? I don't even know who that guy is, right? But Reverend is, a, you know, that, that's what people, they would call me that because they don't know me. If you come to the church here, most people know me as Pastor Ken. Most people know me as Ken or Kenny. I even have a few people that call me PK. I mean, it, 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 there's a couple people. You'll see on, if you'll see every now and then on, on my Facebook, they'll say, hey, PK, how you doing? I'm thinking about you, PK. And, and it's just because why? We have a friendship. We have a, a, a term of endearment there. My kids, they call me daddy. They call me dad. And so I just tell them, don't call me late for dinner, okay? But listen, they're my children, and they have this term of endearment. And God says here, he's showing you that you have, you have this term of endearment. And I'd like for you to think about this today because we're going to look at the difference between, uh, between a son and a slave, okay? A slave, the very first thing I'd like to look at here today what is it about a slave? The, the difference in the relationship, all right? The difference in the relationship. We're going to look here. The slave has a driver. The, the, the slave has a driver. The, you know, you think of a slave driver. He's beating him and says, just go to work. He has a master. He has a boss. It's employee-to-boss relationship, right? He's just a slave. He's just doing what he told him. There's no family connection. Do you, ever, uh, do you ever find somebody who goes to work and they just have the employee connection? 
Like whenever, maybe you uh, remember back in the day when we actually went into a restaurant and you actually sat down and had a meal. Do you remember those days? And, and maybe the hostess would have been there and the hostess, she was just having a bad day and she was just a hired hand. She was, she, she was just had a master relationship. The, but, but, but the person who has the, the son, what does the son have? The son has a father. The son has a relationship, okay? And we're going to go here to the next point. The son has a relationship. And, and think about this with me today. Because as, as a slave has a driver, the hostess at the restaurant that was just a hired hand, she's just an employee. She doesn't have much connection. And, and maybe she made you wait. I'll never forget. I was in a restaurant one time. And we, I went up to the, to the hostess and said, boy, we've been here a while. And she goes, yes, I know. Uh, your buzzer will ring whenever it's your time. And I'm like, wow, gee, that, that makes me really want to stick around. And I'll never forget because what happened that day was the buzzer never rang. Our party, we waited forever and ever, but the hired hand who was just helping there had no concern for the, the, the good of the business or anything. They were just making their money, and they made a major mistake, and they tried to cover the mistake. And, boy, there was all kind of things being said in our party, right? But the son that has a relationship... Go into the family restaurant. It's owned by the family, and it's the daughter out there. She's the hostess, and she cares about the restaurant. She's going around. She's cleaning everything up. She has a relationship. She cares, and she goes around. She reads the place up, and she makes sure you're happy, and she's taking good care of you. You can tell the difference between the hired and the one who is family. And you see, so God says for you and I, he wants you and I to be family. Look here at Romans 8. Romans chapter 8. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves. Isn't this so powerful? Uh, this is carried on by the Apostle Paul. He takes it in another book, book of Romans. The spirit you receive does not make you a slave so that you live in fear. Folks, that's what slaves do. Slaves live in fear. It's like, I don't, I don't know if I can be good enough. And, and, and so this is what happens in our life. You, you, try to, you kind of go through life and it's easy for us to do this with God. Like, I don't know if I can be good enough. I don't know if God will love me. Well, you know what? I'm just going to keep reading my Bible. And I'm going to go to church. And I'm going to watch online. And I'm going to do this. And I'm going to do that. And what happens is you just do it out of slave. And it's just like, what? So that you're living in fear. God says, I have not made that i don't want you to be a slave i don't want you to live in fear and folks right now i know that some are living in fear during this crisis you're fearful that you haven't done enough you're fearful that you're not good enough and you're fearful folks god says you don't have to be a slave to that stuff anymore the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship when you trusted jesus christ the Spirit of God came into your heart, and it was the Spirit of God that brought you sonship. That, that, that motion, you were once a slave. You were a slave either to the law, to trying to be good all the time. You were a slave to addictions. You were a slave to false gods. And in our day, there are many false gods. While they're, they're not statues that you're looking at, there's just things that, that we sell out to. We sell out to all kinds of things. And he says, listen, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him, 
we cry, Abba, Father. By the Son, by the Spirit of God, we cry, Abba. We have relationship. Look at verse 16 as we continue. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And so that's what God does. Listen, you don't have to go in and call him anything but Daddy. You don't have to, you know, have this fear, like, he says to fear him, but that fear is not like, oh, I, I'm gonna, I can't be good enough. That's the slave relationship. He says, you no longer are slaves. You're my son. You're my daughter. Secondly, a slave is hired, isn't he? A slave is just hired. He's an employee. And, uh, and, and the son is an heir. The son is an heir. The slave is hired and the son is an heir. Do you see the two differences here? The, the son actually is invested and he is an heir. He's not just a hired hand. He's not just a contract for 12 or $20 an hour. He is an heir. And listen, as you think about being an heir to God, what does that mean? It Not only does it mean that you're vested, but it means that God's vested in you. Now think about that. Romans eight seventeen. Now if we are children, then we are heirs. We are heirs of God. We are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Oh, I love that. You know, years ago I remember singing a song, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. Joint heirs with Jesus as we travel this side. Oh, you know, as I sang that, I, I never truly understood. I just thought that meant, well, we're brothers and sisters. You know, you go into a lot of church and they call each other, hey, brother, brother so-and-so, brother Ken, brother John, brother George. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God. It's much more than just calling everybody brothers. We are co-heirs. We're, co- we're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. In other words, the inheritance that Jesus has is also for you. As the child of God, here's God the Father, and He has His Son. And God has adopted you, and He's adopted me, if we trust Jesus, as co-heirs. Like, what do I, what do I get in the inheritance, right? And, and, and I want you to think about this. Because what do you get in the inheritance? You get love, you get joy, you get peace. You get God's provision. You know, right now, I'm reminded that God is our provider. He's known as Jehovah Jireh, our God provides. And I stand in awe of how God is providing for his people right now, not just in our church, but globally. I've been talking to several other pastors, and they're, they're, just saying, they're saying the same thing, that they are amazed at God's provisions right now, uh, not just for the church, but for the people. And I'm thanking God that he has allowed us to be joint heirs with Jesus. And you know what? When God gives you something, he gives it so that you can bless those around you. Because that's what Jesus did. Jesus came and blessed those around him. He went to the cross. Look at what the verse continues. He says, joint heirs of God, uh, joint heirs with Christ. Indeed, we share in his sufferings. We will share in suffering. Our master went all the way to the cross, so there will be suffering, folks. Do not be dismayed. Do not be alarmed. We will suffer, however, in order that we may share in his glory. 
So we will be sharing in the glory of God, the glory of Jesus Christ for eternity. And also now we share the love, we share the joy, we share the peace. The, all the characteristics that, that God said, listen, I want my son to have. I, I, I want to hand these gifts to my son. He says, you are all sons of God. You are the son of God. Oh, this is so powerful. Maybe you've been struggling with that. Maybe you look at the suffering and think that God's not providing. Maybe you've been going through a rough time. I want you to remember today that you are the joint heir with God, joint heir with Jesus to to every good thing that God has. And I love this. The scripture says that God will withhold no good thing for his children. Did you catch that? He will withhold no good thing for his children. So when you understand this, that you are not a hired hand, you're an heir, God says he takes care of his children. You know, whenever our kids were little and we'd go out to an amusement park, my kids wanted something and we'd take care of them, wouldn't you? They wanted a drink of water. They wanted a slice of pizza. You just had fun with them. You bought them an ice cream cone, right? Why? Because they're mine. They're my kids. I I didn't go out and buy that for everybody. They're mine. I did it for my kids. And God says, listen, as heirs of, of, of him, he gives to us. And as we have been given, he says, also model that and share with others. So I'm, I'm blown away by your generosity right now, folks. I'm blown away by what the church has done. This past week, we handed out six tons of food. Catch me with that. Six tons of food. We partner with, uh, with an organization called Blessings of Hope. And you, Crossroads, you supplied this food out here, and we handed out 340-pound boxes of food. Some came by people coming up to pick it up. Others, we went into the community, and we were blessing people in the name of Jesus. And I want to I parade you for that, folks, because that's what children of God do. That's what God's called us to do. And we will do more of these type of things. And as God lays them on your heart, I want you to do them. You don't have to wait for the church to organize something. Go and and meet a need in your neighborhood. Go care for somebody. Go step up to the plate. Uh, You you know, the the, the next thing here is uh, you wonder, what what, what does this mean, though? If I'm a a child of God, do I just kind of float around? You, you, You talk about being set free from the law. And so people deal with this and they say, well, listen, what, what about grace? What about the grace of God and how, how does this work? Am I, supposed to, am I supposed to just flaunt and do whatever I want? Does that mean because of the grace of God I can just go out and hang out and do anything? No. Listen, my kids, they're heirs. And they know what it means to be a barner. We, we, we stick together, we band together, and, and, and they know the characteristic of who our family is. And that is instilled into them, and it's in their DNA. And as they grow older, they will continue that into their life. And today I want to remind you that that's what God's called us to do as his children. He's called us to be the hands and feet of Jesus. He's called us to go out and work. Your works don't gain you favor with God. But because God has called you his child, because you are in this sonship relationship, he says, listen, I have responsibility. I have things I want you to do. I have a plan for you. Look here at what he said over in Philippians chapter 2. He says, work hard to to show the results of your salvation. 
I love that. Work hard to show the results of your salvation. He doesn't say work hard to gain your salvation. He made that very clear in Ephesians. For by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourself. It is the gift of God. He says work hard to show the result of your salvation. Obeying God with deep reverence and fear. In other words, have a, have a sense of respect and understanding for who he is. Verse 13. For God is working in you, giving you the desire. Check this out. He's giving you the desire and the power. Now, folks, this is incredible. God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power. Now, many people just stop with desire and they say, man, I never finish because I just I couldn't do it. Uh, he not only gives you the desire, he gives you the power to do his will. What God wants you to do. Uh, you, you see, here, here's the difference, folks. A slave works by obligation. God has called you to, uh, another translation tells us to work out our salvation. What that means is like literally to, to work it out. But a slave works out of obligation. A son, what does a son do? A son works from devotion. Like he's a son, he's committed, this is his family. He's part of the family team that owns this place. And, and you know what? As the kids grow up, I watch them in our own house. My children, you know what they do? They care about that house. They care about how we're received in the community. They care about so much more than I even knew they cared about. Why? Because they're devoted. It's their family. They love everything, so they'll go out and work to make it the best that they possibly can. And that's what God has called us to do. Over in Luke chapter 10, verse 38, there, there was a, 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 a story. Jesus was with two ladies here. And, uh, and, and as he went over to this home, he has the, you see this contrast. And I, I know our women's Bible study had studied this earlier. So I want you to catch this, all right? As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. As we continue to the next verse. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Next verse. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. So she came to him and asked. Look what she asked here. Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. So do so you see the tension? One sister... Martha's doing all this busy work and she's going around and she's, she's just trying to stay busy and she wants to make Jesus happy by what she can do. And on the other child, the other woman, she's sitting at the feet of Jesus. Look how Jesus responds. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, indeed only one. Martha has chosen what is better. Mary has chosen what is better. I'm sorry. Mary has chosen what is better. Martha was struggling. Martha wanted everything to be just right. And Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus. Folks, this is what happens when you understand relationship. You get to sit at the feet of Jesus. How do we live as a child of God? 
How do we live as a son of God today? And that's my question to you. How do we live as a, as a child of God? How do you live as his sons and daughters out there? Galatians chapter 4, verse 8. Look what it says here. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature are not gods. Before you came to know God, you were slave to the law. You were slave to all kind of things. You were slave to addictions, all kind of things. He says, you were slaves to those who by nature are not gods. Next verse. But now that you know God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you are turning back to those weak and miserable forces? Why do we go back to these things? Why do we keep becoming a slave? Let me share with you how not to become a slave. Number one, remember that God is your Father. Remember we said, pray, Abba, Father. I want to encourage you, remember that God is your Father. He is your Father. You are not in a, in, in a slave relationship. Over in Matthew chapter 7, he says, that, he says, listen, which of you, if a son asked for bread, would he give him a stone? Or if he asked for fish, would he give him a snake? If you then, are, if you then though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? He says, your Father, God is your Father. Call on him as your Father, in the midst of this time, you, you have been overwhelmed, you've been worn out, you have been burdened. Call on God as your Father and watch the peace that comes about you. You can't go about trying to have this slave relationship. He says, I bought you and I've made you my son so that I could pass this on. All that I have, I want to give to you. Come to God through relationship not rules. Remember to come to God. That's the second thing here. Come to God through relationship, not rules. You know, it's just so easy for people. People have told me all their life. You know, as a kid, they went to, they went to church or school and they thought they had to be good. And as a matter of fact, they saw some teachers that were actually pretty mean to them and, and pretty rotten to them. And, and they made God like this very mean person to them. And they only knew it was rules. And I want to invite you today, God isn't standing there with a whip. He stood with his arms wide open. And he laid down his life so that you could have a relationship with him. And then lastly, seek God with all of your heart. Come to God with all of my heart. Give God your entire heart. Jeremiah 29, 13 says this, You will seek me. And you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. As we close today, I want to invite you into a relationship with Jesus. Folks, a relationship changes everything. Relationship will change everything. When you understand that you are no longer a slave, you are not under the law, you are good enough, you have been good enough in the sight of God because of what Jesus did, not because of what you have done, I want to invite you to trust Him. Would you call upon the name of the Lord right now where you're sitting? Just, just as we close today, would you reflect on this? We say, God, I've been living like a slave. And I'm, I'm tired. And say, God, I'm ready to take off the slave. I'm ready to understand that I'm your son. 
Maybe you're watching today and you've not trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. I'd like to call on you today. Would you call on him? He says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Would you pray something like this to God? Dear God, I'm a sinner. I've done wrong things. I need a Savior. You died on a cross and you paid for my sin. You came back to life again for me. And I invite you into my heart right here, right now. You see, remember that verse just said, the sons of God. He gives the Spirit of God into your heart. Many of you just right now prayed, and the Spirit of God just went right into your heart. Let me just pray for you all. Father, I pray you'll be with each person here that has, uh, has just trusted you as their Savior. And for others, that, that they have been trying to please you by their own good and by the slave relationship. Oh God, I ask that you will give them the peace that passes all understanding. And may they understand that they are now in relationship with you. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Well, folks, thanks for joining us on Crossroads. We're looking forward to seeing you soon. God bless and have a great day.
truth and power will always remain. But as my eyes close and mind awakes, no words come to fill the space. Cause words, they don't do your power much justice. It's too great, too great to be bound by little letters we make up. And it's funny that we sometimes think we understand the fullness of your glory by calling you this and that. But the reality is that we can't fully come.